Welcome to The Follow-Up, a weekly podcast that goes in-depth into projects recently reviewed on Brand New, featuring conversations with the designers and sometimes their clients, uncovering the context, background, and design decisions behind the work. Hi, this is Brian e. Gomez Palacio, and welcome to episode 16 of The Follow-Up. This week, we are following up on SAL, that's an acronym for Saudi Arabian Logistics, a hub providing ground handling and logistics services on a global scale linking land, air, and sea transportation, and clearance to ensure the seamless movement of goods to, from, and through the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. The project, designed by the Madrid Spain Office of Interbrand, was posted on brand new on March 11th. It's a slightly older project than usual, so you definitely want a refresher this time. You can pull it up on your browser at bit.ly slash bnpodcast016. That is bit dot ly slash bnpodcast016, all in lowercase. This week, we're joined by four representatives of Interbrand Madrid. Hector Saracho, Head of Strategy. David Cano, Creative Director. Fernando Sagastrume, Design Director, and Lucas Machado, Associate Director of Design. In this conversation, we get a glimpse of what an international project of scale across borders and cultures looks like, and well, it's not that different from this Interbrand team's point of view. Except we all know deep down, it's not the same as designing for the yoga studio across the street from your office. We also get to hear the goosebump-inducing story of how they arrived at a logo, pattern, and messaging that so perfectly linked Sal to sea, air, and land. S-A-L. Now, let's listen in as Armin follows up with Hector, David, Fernando, and Lucas. Welcome to the follow-up. Today we have a large gathering of Spaniards joining us all the way from Madrid to talk about a project in Saudi Arabia. So a very global episode today. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much, Armin. Thank you so much for inviting. Hello, Armin. Thank you for inviting us. Since we have so many people on the show, could you tell our listeners your name and title? If you want, I'll start, Armin. So my name is Hector Saracho, and I am the head of strategy for Spain and Middle East region. My name is David Cano. I am also creative director at Interbrand Madrid. This is Fernando Sagastume, design director in, in Madrid too. And this is Lucas, design director at Madrid. Perfect. All right. So uh, a lot of characters to keep track of. So we'll try to make it as simple as possible. So Hector, we're going to start with you. How did Interbrand become involved in this project? And maybe you can take a minute or two just to explain who Saudi Arabia Logistics is. Sure. Uh, if I can start just by explaining briefly how uh, we got involved in this wonderful project. Sal, SAL, uh, actually contacted us quite directly to participate in a, in a pitch project, so a tender project. And you know their kind of ask or their uh, aim was pretty... Simple or pretty complex, depending how you look at it, but but it was to craft the spin-off brand, and I'll explain uh, briefly what what we mean by spin-off brand of Saudi Arabia, sub, uh, sorry, Saudi subsidiary, uh, Saudi Cargo, right? So the airline for the kingdom had a particular um, uh, subsidiary that was in charge of ground handling and all the cargo uh, activities for the airline, but they wanted to spin it off because they really need to craft a brand that could help the kingdom in its vision 2030. 
Uh, I'm sure as your, you know, many of your listeners will know, the strategic plan for the kingdom is to diversify away from everything that's, you know, just oil revenues. So, you know, get into entertainment, operations, uh, you know, different, different uh, activities. And uh, Sal was going to have a key role in kind of helping this diversification. And the key role meant being an enabler, offering reliable logistics, uh, activating trade because of its geolocalization between Asia, Europe, and Africa. So in this sense, kind of the company was growing. It was about getting out from the airport, not only ground handling, but become a full-blown logistics uh, hub. So warehousing, full-blown logistics, e-commerce, and all the activities that they had to grow into. And in that sense, they contacted us. We got into a tender process and luckily we won and we were able to embark with them on this very incredible journey, which you know the ending of. And hopefully we're going to tell you kind of the beginning and the middle parts so you can make the full puzzle. Was the tender process a little bit different than usual coming from Saudi Arabia based on other tenders that you have answered to in the past? So I think I mean uh, I you know I wasn't involved directly in the in the process because we have we have the people from New Business who are you know in charge of getting in touch with the clients and understanding their full needs, but as far as I remember, and this was a while ago, uh, you know it, it was a pretty standard process in the sense of, you know they gave us a brief detailing what they needed, uh, which was 360 full blown strategy design and implementation plan, and we we got to it. So I, there wasn't any particularity from any other project we get from anywhere in the world. You know, they would tell us what they needed and we were trying to see if Interbrand was a suitable partner for them, which luckily it was. And you've seen, you know, what we were able to do for them with their guidance and their co-creation efforts. Got it. And last question for you in this part, Hector. Uh, when you say it was a long time ago, just for context, can you tell us what year the project started? Yeah, no, no, no not, not that, that far ago. I think it's more not time-wise, but a lot of has happened since then. And it almost feels like, you know, last week was a month ago. But uh, this project, and uh, maybe my colleagues can, can correct me if my mind uh, is not uh, is wondering, but it was uh, around uh, 2019, so not that far ago. And I think it was beginning of the year or mid-year. I say a while ago, but not not too too long ago. Yeah, 2019 seems so far off. So it does make sense. They'd be like, oh, it was uh, it was such a long time ago because yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, different lives nowadays. So David, uh, I, I'm having a hard time going between Spanish pronunciation and English pronunci pronunciation of names. So David, is there something specific about the Madrid office as opposed to say the London or Milan office that makes it a good fit for a client in Saudi Arabia? Well, first of all, you can call me David if you feel <laughs> no problem. Well, I think that nowadays we have the market experience and also be frank, uh, I mean, a bit of momentum. I mean, this word of mouth effect because we've been working in several projects for last couple of years. Uh, we have relevant cases and also we have also built long-term relationships with some clients. It also helps this idea that sometimes the people move from one company to the next and they, they are calling us because they, they, they like what they did with them. On the other hand, I think that on a personal, let's say, social level, we have similar cultural backgrounds. We also share the same family values, kind of empathy, and already have a, a good amount of market and cultural understanding at this stage. Another thing that I think that also helps when comparing when, with other countries and, and teams is also that we are we have shown like this flexibility towards process and which also helps to the region clients. And also just a little bit for my curiosity, was the tender specific to Interbrand in Madrid or was it more of a let's get Interbrand involved and then it was decided the Madrid office would be the best one to take on it? 
within Interbrand, any tender that comes from the region arrives to Madrid by default. And then it's up to us to decide if that's something that we take on our own or that we share and collaborate with other offices. And so any project that comes from the EMEA region comes, comes to Madrid directly. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. We're going to go back to Hector and then we'll get, eventually we'll get back to, we'll get to Lucas and Fernando. So Hector, what was the discovery phase like for you and your team in terms of learning about sales, business and culture? Sure. So, I mean, this discovery or understanding phase is quite important, as you know, for us in strategy to, to really understand the full complexity of every project and then be able to synthesize the most important parts that can inspire the design team, which they will get to to explain to you, you know, how they did their magic uh, from our insights. But I mean, ba basically, it was pretty standard in, in the way we approach because we feel this is the way it works. This is a feel we, the way we can get under the the client's real needs and, and understand them. So it was comprised of interviews to top management from all parts of the organization. So you know, the vision for the CEO, marketing and brand savviness of uh, you know of the people that are more in line with uh, brand and communications. We reviewed both primary and secondary research we, we had access to from clients, so getting our heads around mainly the ambition of Vision 2030 when it comes to logistics and how did Sal play a, a connector role uh, within that vision. Uh, and then we also had uh, some co-creation workshops with the client where we were able to, through different exercises, through the different dynamics, you know, understand more where they, where they saw the brand. So as you can see, it's a mixture between more kind of rigorous uh, analysis of industry reports, documentation, more conversations where we get very interesting verbatims from management to where they want to take the brand, but also some sessions to co-create with them, show the different things. We utilize different dynamics, archetypes, for instance. So you know, what would be the role and the archetype of the SAL brand, of the SAL brand, you know, with regards to brand strategy? And in terms of you know what their culture was, they were you know very very ambitious, and for them they came from almost seven decades of being part of Saudia, which is always the country carrier has a lot of prestige, has a lot of you know weight, and they didn't want to lose that. So it's how we adapt those leadership credentials, and in fact they had hired hired and sourced you know a lot of people, and not only from KSA but from different corners of the world to bring that leadership into the organization, right? And for us, I think it's important for your listeners and just in the way we work for Interbrand, I think it's important to, to point out that throughout this immersion session where we have to really understand what the client is about, where they want to take the company and the brand, there's always kind of representation from strategy, but obviously from design, from client service. So we always have that three-point triangle working in workshops, in the interviews, so everybody gets to listen in and participate from the client. And then last but not least, I wasn't able to go, but I know... You know, some people, Fernando and some other people from the team were able to participate physically being able to be in, in Jeddah, which was one of the ground handling hubs and operations to really see them doing the work, them, you know, actually getting down to business, moving things from one place to another. They were able to see the facilities they have. Obviously, they, they take care of dangerous materials sometimes. They take care of food. They care, take care of animals. You know, anything that you can transport safely from one place to another, that's of importance. They they handle, they connect. So they were able to see the operations firsthand, which is always great for the team who are being, going to be crafting the brand to really see them in action and get a feeling of how they work, how they operate, and that can feed into the creative process. So, Fernando, since you had the opportunity to go there, what was your impression of seeing an operation like this in real person? I imagine it's somewhat impressive because I, I once went to, I've gone on a, on a tour of the FedEx facilities in Memphis, Tennessee, 
and it's mind-blowing and i imagine that it's a fraction of what might have to go through a whole country yeah well what most impressed me was the extreme uh, the extreme weather they they have to to live in how the temperatures like the lowest is 50 degrees during the day how they have to take care of the of the people the workers the employees and as as hector said how they manage all these fragile things all the all this food all of these medical stuff so so we, it was impressive and and the good thing is seeing how the situation was in the beginning of the of the project and then how they invest in in order to improve and in order to to set a, a brand new global hub in the region and when you said the 50 degrees that is celsius for celsius our, yeah yeah so that's like 110 degrees fahrenheit for our sure yes, yes. <laughs> that's Re- really extreme weather and in the most easy weather conditions so it's under the sun is is crazy wow. uh, the temperatures there so Hector, aside from extreme temperatures, what other strategic or actual strategic findings did you come out with from that initial phase? Sure. So I think if we had to summarize two things that I think echoed from strategy and they were beautifully taken in from the design team were two things. So kind of one I've briefly touched upon. So the solidity factor of, of the brand. So obviously, you know, they have a tradition of coming from an airline, which is very much, you know, number one airline in the country, has linked to the highest elements of the kingdom. So the, the brand really needed to convey Sal, they didn't want to lose this strength part, right? So leadership, strength, kind of that determination, even though they were creating a new space, so they were growing to full logistics, which meant you know, more technology, more investment, more connecting the dots. But they really didn't want to lose this sense of, you know, we're, we're strong, we're determined, and we, we're here to be the leaders for the kingdom, but opening up to the world in a new space, which is logistics, right? So in the in the workshops we co-created with them, as we said, you know, one of the things we do is archetypes, which is just, you know, understanding what role the, the brand plays in kind of uh, universal themes in, in storytelling. And overwhelmingly, they chose the hero which kind of makes sense. You know, the hero is the determined but authentic protagonist, resourceful, but above all, and this was key for them, and you could, you know, it's shown out in the culture and the, in the way we talk to them, results-oriented, right? You know, this really needed to be raising the bar and standard in logistics, not only for the kingdom, but on a global scale, right? And that's when we came up with, you know, working with them, working with the hero archetype, with the brand idea that I think shines through very much in the work, which is delivering impact. So two words, that very powerfully, you know, understanding delivery, not only in the physical functional sense of moving boxes, but in achieving things, right? Getting the results you need. And obviously impact is because they, you know, they wanted to deliver impact, deliver results in everything they did. So that's one point. So solidity and results driven. And the second one is very important as well, versatility. So the brand needed to work with partners. They needed to be able to connect to the likes of Amazon, the likes to Alibaba. They needed to you know, really connect with different stakeholders, different partners, different technologies, different platforms. And the brand needed to show that, that it had this almost polyedrical and, and versatile characteristics. Uh, we've, we mentioned the type of products, so they're very versatile. They can you know, they can move and, and secure and uh, protect kind of general tar- cargo, but also like Fernando mentioned, pharma, perishable goods, foods, dangerous goods, you know, extreme valuables, live animals. 
So they really need to be able to deliver impact and results through all those categories. And then lastly, I think the versatility and they is that, you know, the brand needed to serve a multiple array of stakeholders. So the government entities obviously need to be involved being a strategic sector. It is for the kingdom, exporters and importers, other airlines. So you really need to have a brand that could be open enough and flexible enough and versatile enough to call out for these, these endeavors that, that they wanted to, to, to aspire to. So I think those two things, if we had to say just two, solidity and versatility, which are key insights that were very much infused in design. So easy, right? You know, after all that you explained, it seems like very complicated brief to answer, but it's interesting. You can boil it down to two things, but when you unpack them, there's so much to them. True. There's a bit of a, a trick there. Yeah. yeah. So Lucas, let's bring you into the conversation with a strategy in place. And we're going to jump a little bit ahead into the actual solution of the logo and the name. So I'm assuming it was hard work and thinking hard about it more than anything, but how did that magical moment happen when you connected the name SAL, which is S-A-L, to both Saudi Arabian Logistics as an acronym and then Sea Air Land, S-A-L? It must have been very satisfying. Oh yes, that moment. I won't deny it, it was very satisfying. And I think I'll never forget, because let's be honest, it's every brand designer dream, right? To pull off something clever out of a name, out of a logo. And I mean, we, we've all been there, right? Because you tried a hidden shape or you didn't try a palindrome word, maybe a perfect center letter. And sometimes it can be quite frustrating because you simply can. You simply like, it's just missing one letter. And sometimes you, you get really close, but then you hit that wall. And if you push it too much, it gets like that feeling of trying too hard. So that's why I will never forget this moment. And fortunately, that was uh, not the case of hitting a wall. This connection between Sea Airland and the name SAL, it didn't appear during the strategy phase because we were focused mainly on the brand idea, the brand personality, the archetype, and the name was already given, right? So it was SAL for Saudi Arabian Logistics. So this idea actually came during the design phase. David or David, uh, Fernando and myself, we were sketching some ideas to translate this brand idea, the brand platform into visuals. And we had like three main concepts. And from these concepts, we were sketching logo. Uh, and then Fernando actually drew this uh, really bold logo. And we, the solution was connected to the archetype of the hero. So that's why it was really bold. We also have this uh, the value uh, boldness into the brand personality. And of course, it strives for delivering impact. And this stencil style was related to the versatile uh, business they have. And also this stencil style, when you look to some cargo companies with, the, with those containers, it, ha it has this uh, look and feel. So then we agreed that, okay, this is the logo that we think is really striking and we can, uh, it's powerful, we can develop it even further. So we started developing a system using the, sh the shapes of the logo as building blocks. And usually we don't do patterns using the logo, like because it's too logo centric. But in this case, the logo was just like three letters and the structure was really interesting. So we placed it side by side and we came up with this sal, 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 or even salsa, salsa. And it was already, oh, okay, we have something here. But then we stack it on top of each other and we saw, okay, now we cannot read anything. It's just like some connections. And this is where the things start to shine because I rotated this pattern and I could see, hmm, there's something here. I, I can see some waves and some arrows, some maybe airplanes and oh, look, roads. And then it clicked. I was like, oh my God, yes, of course. I have like sea, air, 
and ground off so close. And then <laughs> I, I was by myself thinking, again, hitting that wall. And then one second later, like, come on, it's there. See, air, land, and boom, just clicked. I was blown away. I was like, my God, finally, finally, we, I achieved that moment where everything just connected, everything just tied in. So I immediately ran into the into Keynote. I took those patterns and I put it like an animation, like by sea, by air, by land. And then I would just zoom in to, into this pattern and zooming out, just cropping that uh, logo. And then I sent this to the whole team. Everyone was blown away, like, oh, oh my God, it was right in front of us and we couldn't see. So I wouldn't say that this connection, everything was pure luck. I think we, we were just prepared for it. I mean, we worked a lot, we worked hard. We were not seeing it first, but then we just took our moment to see and we realized uh, this was there. Yeah, I think it's the moment when you put, metaphorically speaking, pen to paper, that you start making these connections that are before you, but you can't just see them when they're words or strategy documents. It's actually when you start playing with them that you come to the solutions and I was actually I got goosebumps from your story because it, it is kind of like a nice build-up of how one thing led to another and another and then all of a sudden it's like holy cow like I really landed no pun intended on something really <laughs> unique that is memorable and that is appropriate for the brand Funny because I usually say like there's no magical moments in design like it's all about thinking hard and trying to connect the dots but I think it's when you do those things that allow magical moments to happen. So every now and then I'm not a believer, but today I'm a believer. So thank you, Lucas. So David, what was the first round of explorations like with this project? Did you go far and wide with options or was it more of a single solution approach once you started playing with different things? Most of the time we, we try to link different options to different, let's say, alternatives in, in the brand definition model. Doesn't make much sense to do different options, logo type or design system wise, if you don't have differences from the departure point. We had two different platforms. So our intention was to present two routes, which we did. We did much more explorations beforehand, and, and but we had to narrow them quite fast. I mean, at, as the time for the visual presentation, we had like four or five days for our initial proposal which is kind of crazy, including the weekend. So I remember that Fernando Lucas and myself were kind of hurrying up. But we went far and wide with the applications and touch points. I think that, that for us, it's important that the client understand that we want the client to, to realize the potential and possibilities of the idea. So it's not enough to show a logotype. You have to go wide in, in that sense. In the end, I think that having less time sometimes is, is good. And in, in this case, it was. I mean... We were happy with both routes presented, even more when they picked the one that had a more, let's say, global approach versus the one that, that was somehow more rooted in the local culture and, and symbology. It makes sense. It's a global ambition and a company that even being local has to relate and, and connect with many other companies that are uh, worldwide giants. And it seems that we hit the, the nail in the head. I mean, uh, we didn't have many changes afterwards. As long as I remember, I think that we did some color adjustments, but that's that's it. That's the story. So, Fernando, what was the reaction like to that first round after uh, that short, insane period of time? The way that I had goosebumps with uh, Luca's story, now I have goosebumps. Like, oh my God, designing a logo for a global company in four or five days. That's just different kind of goosebumps. So how did the client react? As David said, uh, 
it was a really stressing and in the end uh, the spring uh, deserve all the all the effort we have this entering presentation with, with the head of marketing and he validated the design options the design directions and then a couple of weeks later we improve and we develop a whole presentation we sent to the board no? as you know in this large corporation you need to meet a lot of people all the stakeholders so uh, in the presentation in Jeddah, the presentation in front of 15 or 16 people the reaction was clear uh, we had a, a good to go with this second road. Uh, it was really exciting for them when they realized that they have a clear strategy and a super simple and smart solution for the, the identity graphically. And once they, you know, they approved the logo, they approved the direction, was there anything you had to do different in terms of developing a more complete identity that was different with this client being in Saudi Arabia in terms of applications, in terms of how you deliver the materials, things like that? And a lot of this has to do with my own curiosity about how it's different to work with a client in Saudi Arabia to one for you in Madrid to one for me in the U.S. or for most of our listeners. Not really any different uh, on itself. In this specific case, uh, we have some we had to be much more adaptive timing-wise because as far as David said, we, we had to stress the presentation and all these, all these phases, design phases. And then we had to meet really tight retro timings. So uh, as far as they want to launch internal and externally and then start all the architectural uh, design, all the implementation physically, so we need to meet these tight retro timings and start delivering really quick all the design assets, no, and in parallel developing guidelines. Yeah, it was was really fun, uh, a little bit stressing because of the timing, but uh, it was really really interesting process. And for implementation, does the client have a design team in house, or are they hiring a design firm? Are you in charge of any of the actual development? Uh, no, our agreement was uh, delivering all the guidelines and then they implemented in-house uh, with their marketing uh, department and uh, also uh, their local uh, advertising agency that we, of course, we, we met in, in our meetings there. Wonderful. So Hector, did you and the client feel that the final design stayed true to the strategy? And it sounds like yes, but I'll wanna, I want to hear from you. Yes, it's a it's a very big underlined uh, yes. I mean, you, you've heard you know my colleagues discuss. I think if we go back to those two simple yet complex to to deliver ideas, solidity and, and versatility, I think both in the logo but also you know the, the visual expression and the dynamism it had for sure it was you know something that everybody saw worked. And in in, in this sense, we always say that strategy inspires design. But then you know in this project, in the same as great projects we undertake. When you see the design actually come into life, then really design makes the strategy tangible, real. So there's a kind of a feedback loop. So we inspire them. And then when we see their work, they give it body, they give it something that comes into the senses, then it's almost kind of augments what we've done. So I think in this sense, everybody who was who participated in the whole process, the workshops, the interviews, the strategy, and then when they saw the design, we're linking it back to all the conversations we had and just made sense and I think it was you know everybody was congratulating everybody for their you know their efforts and, and the work. 
Yeah, definitely well-deserved congratulations all around, especially also with the client, like seeing the potential in that solution and how well it applies to their to what they do and their strategy. So the final question and is going to go to all four of you. What is the most exciting aspect of this identity for both of you personally and how that relates to the client? We'll start with Lucas. For me, it's not only about having the, the client happy because they were, of course, but also uh, what I really like about this identity because it's really unique and it's not like a, a big brand. It's a local brand trying to be global. But when we send it to you and you publish this work, uh, it was amazing the, how the community received that work. And I, I mean, everyone here received emails from our, all of our colleagues around the world from other offices, but also from the competitors. I mean, they were also like, okay, man, good job. I mean, this is it's like a visually delightful right for every designer we had to present internally to host like a we call it interbrand academy to show the, the behind the scenes because everyone wants to understand okay how you guys manage to to achieve this goal we also earned like a, an internal award also for this work so that's for me it's a really great achievement because when you go to brand new and you, you search for the comments it's always like people I mean, it's the fun part, right? Making mock of the, the kerning or this looks like something. And at this moment, no, everyone was like really being positive. Even there's uh, there's a meme right on point, right? Talking about the logo, the pattern, then the name, and then even the, the website, the .com, .sa. So for us, it's really nice when you have an identity like this, because sometimes when you're designing, we can think, what would Armin say? I mean, don't go for Helvetica, don't go for ellipses. <laughs> So it's like an internal joke we have, especially with the Cologne office. Yeah, I imagine other designers imagining myself on their shoulder like a little devil, like don't you don't choose Helvetica. Hector's just flicking me off his shoulder. David, how about you? I, I think that it's transforming a, a complex problem into a, into a simple solution. We launched a brand that has to play in the global arena in a country that sometimes appears design-wise closely linked to local tradition. Saudi Arabia is striving with initiatives and projects that in scale and scope go well beyond their frontiers. I, I think that our workforce truly reflects this. We saw the opportunity, delivered a great solution, and of course the client also recognized it and gave us the green light. Wonderful. Fernando? It was a, the, the most satisfying. It's a part of the delivering a, a nice project and it's more, it's more than a solution for them. It's, it's the satisfaction of the recognition. This year we have a internal awards of, of projects. Not all the offices present the, the project and then uh, we, we receive an iconic award. It's called iconic award from the Interbrand Network. So uh, there Internal recognition in the company, recognition in the social part, uh, as you see in your blog, uh, was really nice uh, having all this feedback. And that's it. And Hector, if there's anything else left to say, how about you? Sure, just a, just a quick one. I think apart from receiving you know the love and admiration from colleagues, we have been in meetings since then with other great companies and great projects in the kingdom that have started out saying, by the way, congratulations, what you did with Sal, uh, we liked it. Or so, you know, some people that were in the launch uh, of the event. So it's always great to have not only the client, not only our colleagues, but other potential clients recognizing great work and congratulating us for it. So 
I think that's also something we, we should be very proud of. You know, the reputation in the region is strong and we get congratulated by, by other potential opportunities. Well, it's definitely wonderful to hear they have such good reception internally from other clients from the region about the work. Because I do think there is something very special about it in the sense that it captured not just what the company does, but was able to translate it into a design that that sort of felt in a way natural, but also very serious, very corporate in a good way that, you know, this was a company that you may have never heard of before, but from the start, it would like take it seriously. Like this is a company that values design, that values process, that it just looks like it's very well put together. So all the praise is well deserved. And I want to thank all of you for being on the show today and sharing your afternoon in Spain with me and with our listeners. So thank you so much again for being on the follow-up. Thank you, Armin. Thank you so much, Armin. Great to, to be here. Thank you very much, Armin. Hasta pronto. Muchas gracias. Well, for Interbrand Madrid, working in Saudi Arabia may come somewhat naturally. It's clear that they have ample understanding of the cultural and economic forces at play, allowing them to deliver a solution that is confident, yet modest, and that establishes Sal as an integral gear that keeps the world turning even when the action on the ground takes place at 50 degrees Celsius, 120 degrees Fahrenheit. In other words, hot stuff, both the weather and the work. Today, thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll be here. We hope you'll be there. <laughs>